Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Sean Coleman, five years of career fire service experience, currently a firefighter with the Eagle River Fire Protection District in Colorado. Sean believes that the senior man is a vital key role that sets the tone for any individual under them. In Sean's words, how can we make the experiences we see on calls and turn them into educational opportunities and not opportunities to see if we can make or break you? With that being said, I present Mr. Sean Coleman. Hey, good morning. Um, my name is Sean Coleman. Um, I've been a firefighter now professionally for about five years with two different departments, longest being with my current one, the Eagle River Fire Protection District in Colorado. Um, I guess I got into the fire service kind of by accident. Um, I moved to Colorado after college in uh, 2011. Um, I was a lift operator at Vail Mountain. Kind of just wanted to move to Colorado, find a job that allowed me to be there and snowboard all the time and have some work. Um, I did that for a couple of years, kind of just try to find jobs that allowed me to stay here. So I was a lift operator. I managed the operators. Um, I started working for local gyms. I was personal trainer for a little bit. Um, I tutored at a school. I just did all these kind of random jobs and I felt eventually a lot of pressure to get a real person job. Okay. <laughs> Some okay. of the career. Um, and my dad, you know, he found this school in Denver, a middle school that was hiring teachers. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'd give it a shot. Uh, so my wife and I moved down to Denver and I started uh, teaching uh, sixth, eighth, and ninth grade math. Okay. Um, and it just drained me. It was soul crushing. Like, if you don't think pay- teachers are paid enough, man, oh. do it here. Like, yeah, yeah. It was so, so, so hard. It was kind of like a low point in my life because I was meeting a lot of challenges. I was working six days a week just to catch up on the week before, mm-hmm. to get ready for the upcoming week. Um, I, I was, it just like really impacted my relationship with my wife. Like, it was super hard. And by happen chance, like my wife played rec league soccer in the Denver area. And I just went to one of her games and one of her teammates for co-ed soccer was a firefighter paramedic at South Metro. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that was actually the very first time that I had ever actually met a firefighter. Okay. I had to talk about, talk to him about his job a little bit. And, you know, I'd be like, what do you mean you're not going to work for another four days? Like, what do you mean you just like were repelling off of a building as a train? What? <laughs> and I was just really kind of like amazed by, you know, the things he was talking about. And I was also really impressed at his, um, his kind of energy. He was so cool and calm and satisfied with his job, which is something I was not experiencing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think he probably recommended, you know, hey, why don't you come do a ride along? And I think I, I immediately jumped on it. And I remember when I showed up at his station. I think they had a they had at least an engine company and an um, ambulance that ran there, so at least six guys there. And I uh, showed up for breakfast. Um, I sat down with them, and it was day two of their set. And I just kind of remember this energy that was about the table because all of them were kind of talking about the things they had done that night, the calls they had ran. Like, whoa, did you like remember that car accident? Did you end up transporting that person? No way. Or whoa, do you remember we went to that guy's house and all that crazy stuff happened? Whoa and it was just kind of this fun, positive energy. It reminded me a lot of being like back in college with my friends about, whoa, do you remember going to Bob's house and that wild thing happened? Whoa, that was such a wild night. And it was fun. It was positive And it was really cool. And I was like, just so captivated by everything that was happening at the table. And I remember did a workout with them later in the afternoon and fitness was super important to me. It was something I was lacking while I was teaching. Uh-huh. And then we just started like running calls and like everyone was just so satisfied with what they were doing. Uh-huh. Service they're providing. It was so cool and so intoxicating. I remember after leaving the ride along, I went home. I don't know if it happened that night or the next day, but I immediately signed up for an EMT program. I signed up for, I planned out a fire academy later that fall. I did not re-up my contract with that school. And I just okay. like, was full tilt towards becoming a firefighter since then. So that's kind of how I got into it. Okay. No, that's definitely neat. And I can, I can relate to your sentiments because my wife used to be a, a school teacher herself 
Yeah. And talking to her, she was telling me how like she would have to be, it would be like living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, you know, the, the parents would be expecting her to be the parent instead of the teacher. Yeah. So, and definitely teachers across this, this nation are not getting paid enough for what they are required to do. You know what I mean? So I, I get it, man. And, and hats off to you for teaching for as long as you did. Cause I, I know I can do it. It was, it was tough. It was actually for as hard as it was, I came out with a lot of lessons from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it gave me a huge appreciation for people who do do that. Yeah. Um, and I think it was probably necessary because, you know, if I had not taken that job, if I had not moved to Denver, I don't think I would have ever met this dude. Right. You know, so, you know right. Not, not all change is linear. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, for those that don't know, tell us a little bit about Eagle River, uh, e- Eagle River's district, like how many stations, calls, you know, your population size, that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So we are in Colorado. Uh, we're uh, in Eagle County, Colorado. So within the county, we have Vale Ski Resort and Beaver Creek Ski Resort. So if you can imagine ski resort towns and communities around them, that's kind of our district. We, uh, our district lives inside of a valley and the base of that valley is the Eagle River. So we're very mountainous. Uh, we have five stations. Okay. Um, we kind of are a do-it-all fire department like we are primarily structural firefighters mm-hmm. we're also emts but we're also wildland firefighters that's a big deal for us especially right now with you know the summer season coming upon us right um we are the definition of the wooly the wildland urban interface okay so that's kind of a threat that we face kind of every day um on top of that we're also uh swift water technicians right we have the eagle river that runs through our uh through our district okay um, and right now, like with all the snow that's melting, all the rain we're getting, like we have absolute whitewater conditions. We have a huge boating community that recreates in the water. We also have a large population of people who will go buy a raft at the Walmart and just give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then they get flipped out of the raft and then we go help them. Okay. Um, we're also uh, rope rescue technicians. You know, we are, our community is entirely in a mountainous community. So all, a lot of our roads travel up along mountain passes or along hillsides and people get car accidents where their cars go off that side and we've got to take right. ropes to get them among other things um we're hazmat technicians we have the i-70 that runs through our our district and we have a lot of um uh commercial trucks that come through with all kinds of products you know so we're responsible for that we're a winter community so that's huge for us we're ice rescue technicians we pull people off the ice who fall through we uh, deal with a ton, a ton, a ton of car accidents. Uh, we're very rescue based. We're just kind of like do it all fire department, um, yes. which, is, which is exciting for me is what kind of drew me partially to this fire department when I initially applied because I wanted to like acquire all these skills. Okay. Okay. Um, in terms of our population, um, we kind of, we kind of ebb and flow with the ski seasons, right? Like we have our shoulder seasons when the ski season closes um, to one of summer operation opens up so we have a lot of people who are local and live here normally but then come summer or winter man we are bonanza busy i, I can imagine this yeah. is all the tourism that comes in right uh, so we kind of like we kind of uh swell and fall based on that a lot of it so sometimes when we talk about like our training and plan stuff we kind of have to organize it around that mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's kind of us we're uh, we're very different than say I don't know, big city fire department that has like 40 engines available to it. You know, it's just the five of us. We do have Vail Fire next to us. Um, that is kind of our sister fire department that we cooperate with. There are three okay. states. Um, but we kind of do a lot with just uh, a handful of people. Okay. Um, roughly, so roughly how many personnel do you have on shift? Uh, so for us, for five stations, we run four people on each engine. So 20 people per shift plus a battalion chief. Uh, is that your minimum standard on the trucks? Yes. Yeah. Nice. So you never go below three. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, we never go below three. We try to have four every day. Okay. Uh, on each engine, all five of them. Um, but with, uh, I mean, staffing is kind of hard for everybody in every fire department. So we right. Try to, right. Um, I would I would say it's not rare for us to run with only three people on an engine. Okay. But, okay. And you're not. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I heard you right. You said EMTs, not paramedics. Correct. Yeah. We run with a, uh, uh, County paramedic services. They, uh, they run every EMS call with us, every car accident. They're always there with an ambulance. So we show up, we'll do initial 
care and then they mm-hmm. follow up take you know lead care of that patient we're there to assist however we need to okay no it definitely sounds like uh your your fire district is i mean you guys are jack of all trades which a lot of fire, fire departments have to be we have to wear different hats from yeah and absolutely. you get the best of all three you're doing hazmat you're doing rescue you're doing structural you're doing wildland and i can imagine when you hit those peak months it's nonstop running Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, um, they can definitely be like that and it's, and it's fun. And sometimes it's super quiet, you know, like when we hit that shoulder season, but it's also like a nice, like, like right. Breath. A nice little break. <laughs> like, it's okay. Um, okay. but it's been good. Like now, like summer's definitely starting to kick up and we're probably going to get, uh, a ton of those small, like grass fires that happen because people are outside camping and things like that. Like, again, like people on the river right now, mm-hmm. um, We've had a couple of uh, backcountry rescues are kind of a big deal for us. So we also operate with Vail Mountain Rescue, which is kind of a volunteer group um, to kind of go assist people who are over terrained out in the mountains, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, go, like help and collect them. Okay. Um, I remember like last summer, two summers ago, um, I think we had three back-to-back bike accidents on a mountain with like broken, either broken femurs or broken tip fibs and had to go like hike out there, put that person into a Stokes basket, hike them back out. And then 10 minutes later, get called again for another bike accident. <laughs> so I kind of relate that to like Vegas, um, the, uh, the, the mountain trails that, you know, they'll tell you this is a level, whatever, be sure to have this, this, that, and the other. And then you have the individual that goes, Oh, it's 105. I really haven't hydrated today. I'm gonna go for a hike. And then they got to go in and get them and bring them out. So yeah, for sure. Compare that to that's how you guys do. Yeah, man. I had three cups of coffee. I'm hydrated. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That always works out well. Um, Yeah. And altitude is a huge deal for us too, because we have so many folks that come here from, you know, either at the coast at sea level, Mm -hmm. come up to us at 8,000, 10,000, 11,000, right? So that's a big deal. Right. Right. Big uh, elevation does play. So let's, let's talk about that for sure. How does the elevation play a factor with because you hear it all the time definitely right now with the uh, nba finals you have denver mm-hmm. playing oh, miami yeah. and you know they're always talking about when miami comes into denver that the altitude change i've never been but i've had friends that have gone and they're like yeah it's no joke yeah it definitely affects you like it's just like there's plenty of air like so if, uh, if you're not familiar with that right it's not that the air has lessened it's just that the container has got larger, right? Because, you know, when you're down at sea level, you're in this container with this much air. You have the same amount of air where we are, the vessels is bigger, so it's a little more spread out. So a lot of people kind of experience a shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel fatigue, they feel nausea and headache. And it just, like, it takes time to kind of accumulate to that. And it's not like you're being restful when you come and recreate out in the mountains, right? Because you're out skiing, you're biking, like you're being very active and you're, at, you're asking for this demand in your body with a little less oxygen than you're used to. Mm-hmm. Plus people are onboarding a bunch of alcohol because they're on vacation, which right. doesn't really help. So yeah, that's kind of a, usually the effects that we're dealing with. And okay. Some people get a real bad. Um, some people just need, you know, maybe a Gatorade or two and just rest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. And then they kind of, their body would get acclimated to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the schedule you guys work. Uh, we are 48.96. That's a popular schedule out in Colorado. Good one. Okay. Okay. Have you ever worked anything else? Yep. Um, prior to this fire department, I worked at a uh, uh, big city fire department and they, um, what is that? The modified Berkeley. So I worked uh, over the course of five days on one day, off the next on one day, off the next, and then on one day, and then had four. Okay. So I had three non-consecutive work days. Right. And four. Right. And so, and just your opinion, if you, uh, comparing the two, you would rather do the 4896. Yeah, I think so. I'd rather just get it out of one go. Um, okay. Personally, even if we've like had a rough 48, mm-hmm. uh, I would rather have the consecutive four days to rest and recuperate versus that other schedule you know, I'd be running all night and then I would sleep all day and then I would have, I don't know, just a handful of hours where we had to have dinner. And do it again. Bed, but yeah, would... Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so what would you say the culture is like within your department regarding pride training and you know, camaraderie? You know, this is something that I, I talked to a lot of people who, uh, who aren't familiar with us. Cause if you looked up um, our fire department, like you could probably look up our stats right? Like number of stations, the call volume, um, the cost of living, mm-hmm. you know, you have all that kind of tangible data, which may not make it look very attractive compared to big city fire department. But the one thing that's 
kind of not tangible that you can't see on a spreadsheet. But what I would love to tell people about is our culture. I think it's very, very good. Okay. Uh, we, I guess, on a whole, we're like a very young fire department. In terms of um, at the age of the fire department, its existence versus other fire departments, right? So we don't, we're not really bogged down with like traditions. So it's kind of allowed us to have like a very cooperative culture. Okay. I mean, I would say, I would say one that we're all like kind of just friends, like best friends hanging out and solving problems. You know, like two, two sets ago, my lieutenant and the firefighter I work with, and plus some other dudes from different station, all went rafting right after shift. Like they met up, they had breakfast, they put the boat in the water and this did a section of the Eagle River. I then went biking that afternoon with that firefighter plus another dude from a different station. You know, so a lot of us who live in the area, we're all kind of like hanging out with each other, enjoying this area, which is why, you know, it's why we're here. Right. Um, is to kind of recreate the mountains and, and hang out. Um, so we have a culture that definitely supports um, having this very familiar relationship. This is kind of that camaraderie that I was looking for that was inspired by when I was doing that ride along with South Metro. Right. And so I would say that's kind of our culture um, is that we're, because we're very close and very friends, it allows for very honest communication, allows right. for us, I think, to kind of anticipate uh, the needs of each other. Like, you know, each other so well at work and outside of work, you kind of know what the needs are. Are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad mood? Right. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on today? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that just kind of blends, it just kind of spills into everything else. Um, you know, with regards to training, like we, we understand that we have a lot of hats that we wear, right? So we kind of, we have a lot of stuff we have to touch um, and we try to touch as deeply as possible. Um, but we try to definitely schedule that around what's coming up. So right now, like we're coming into our summer season. So a big focus of ours was like getting prepared for the river, getting prepared for wildland, um, touching ropes again, because we know that, you know, not only winter, but it's also summer people rolling over hillsides. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then always like kind of practicing basics with regard to structural firefighting. Um, it doesn't happen often for us, you know, for stru- structure fires, maybe two, three true structure fires a year. Okay. Um, but because of how frequent it is, we really always have to kind of like practice those basics and have right. like cooperation. Um, something I think we're doing a really good job with, um, and maybe this is a cultural piece, maybe not, but really getting a good deep dive into the coordination among companies during a fire, which to me, I think speaks of professionalism because I think everybody knows like your basic firefighting one skill to like arrive on scene, deploy a hose, like advance the fire, put fire out. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's cool. But then when you start peeling in like a second engine, third engine, like how do they cooperate? Where's the fire going? Where's it been? Where's it going? Where should we anticipate? How do we act in coordination with that first and second do a company? Like to me, that speaks of professionalism, like kind of anticipating the needs and and coordinating with others. Absolutely. Um, Does your department, do you guys utilize PDAs or, or like for, for a structure fire, like your first in, are they always going to do this second in always doing that? Um, I think so. Uh, You have to actually, I've never heard PDA. So if you're able to. Um, It's called predetermined assignments. Ah, I see what you're talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, we definitely have, uh, re- responsibilities for the first two company to go in to, uh, just like anything, right? Like you want to assess, assess your scene. That's going to be mm-hmm. your office on scene. Firefighters going to make access to, um, to the best entrance to the building, mm-hmm. um, deploy hose, um, either the officer or firefighter will kind of bump inside to scout to determine where like to see that fire is and start advancing hose. So yeah, we definitely have like these uh, initial first expectations. Um, and then second do typically for us, it's going to be like kind of that either support that first line going in and then search. Okay. Um, but I think we're also small enough that we are able to kind of adapt the roles as need be because some gotcha. of our, you know, we don't live on a grid system like other like cities. Um, you know, we live in a mountainous terrain, which kind of creates complications. Mm-hmm access uh some you either might have a 200 foot driveway just to get to a house right um, you have a house that's only like you don't really have access to the to the uh b c and d size because it's built up into a hillside right so we have different yeah. complications that we kind of have to adapt to so we do have expectations for engines as they arrive but you know we're ready to to adapt per the need of the scene Okay. And I'm going to assume being the area that you guys, that your department is in, you, uh, your trucks are four by fours. 
Not all. Um, okay. So we do, yeah. So not all. We uh, we actually do have true like uh, like four wheel drive. Okay. And, um, it is super tall. Right. Right. Yeah. They're like the front bumper is about as to to your head normally whenever you. Yeah. See yeah. If you're not ready to step out of that thing and expect two steps to get out, uh, you're gonna go. <laughs> you're, you're taking a tumble. I have done that before. Um, but uh, most of our, I would, I guess, uh, you could describe uh, some of our other engines as kind of like an all wheel drive. Right. Right. Um, but we're also all very practiced with uh, laying down uh, kitty litter, putting on chains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're <laughs> we've gotten stuck more than once. Yeah, no, I, I, I firmly believe it. I believe that. Um, so what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and loving this and loving this job? Because I know from listening to your backstory, this job is unlike your last. You know what I mean? Where when you talk to that guy from South Metro, it was like, you guys get paid to do this? Like, we're yeah, off sure. a training tower? And so explain. You know, I think uh, what keeps me motivated uh, is actually balance. Okay. Um, so I find that because uh, I, I work a consistent amount of overtime, sometimes I work a little too much. Okay. Um, and like, even though I still have like a huge passion for this job and it's fun, but like I can get burned out just like anybody else. Right. So I find it's really, really important that I have balance in my life where um, when I come off shift, I go home and I don't do anything about the fire department. Right? I try not to, right? I ride my bicycle, I work out, I hang out with my wife, I go with my dogs. I do all this stuff to help prepare me for the next shift so I can go with some positivity, some energy. Um, I mentioned I learned a lot of stuff when I was teaching. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the more impactful lessons um, that was shared with me was from the principal. And he had a phrase, he would ask people during one of our morning meetings, like, what did you do to fill your cup? Okay. Right. Because he knows that, you know, the week is going to be stressful. I work with kids and you're going to be drawing upon this cup. So what did you do on your day off to fill that cup up with things that were positive and things that gave you joy? So you can draw on that when times were hard. So that was like a really important lesson that I took away from that school that I try to impact now because, you know, if I'm working too much, Mm-hmm. Or I'm getting maybe perhaps like too involved and like, cause we're not immune to like some drama, right? Or right. Fire right. Stuff. But I'm getting possibly too involved in that. Like how do I balance that out by separating myself from the fire department, enjoying the things that I have here living in Colorado and things that interest me and coming back to work fresh, refreshed, positive, and like kind of eager to get back to it. You know, so that that would probably I don't know if that's a common answer for you at all, but no, 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 no. It's 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 great. It's great. I mean, it's always good for 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 other firefighters to hear another firefighter say you got to balance it because you have some. You know, this job, as you know, like you can go all in and yeah. tune everything out. You know, if you want to be the best that you can at the job, you know, you'll be like, hey, I'm gonna go to this training, that training. I'm gonna be away from my family, and yeah. you forget. Oh, I try to have a family. Yes. So. Yeah. You can, you know, it's always, it's the underlying tone that the, the fire department could be the silent mistress. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you get so involved in it. So I, I totally get it. And I love that analogy of what did you do to fill your cup with positivity? Because, you know, as you continue on working, you're going to have some negative stuff that's going to be making you spill the coffee a little bit until it's empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I talked to... um so I don't, I don't mean to tangent from you, but um, because I had that experience with that firefighter from South Metro who like reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to do a ride along? Uh-huh. Never asked. I try to like make it a responsibility for myself. Like if somebody asked me about my job, it's like, Hey, do you have any interest in this? Like somebody reached out a hand to me and said, would you be interested in this job? So I try to reach out to other people and almost annoyingly. So, um, especially for my lieutenant when we like are at the grocery store and I'll talk to the kid who's bagging our groceries like hey man you ever thought about being a firefighter and you know lieutenants rolling his eyes like oh here we go again (laughs) but I genuinely try like you know try to talk to people about it because you know nobody's really probably thought about it unless they have some kind of prior exposure to the fire service so I definitely try to talk to people about it and when I do get in that conversation um and if people like we've had a few people who try to apply with us or other places I definitely try to preach you know, yes, do this job, but make sure you have some padding around you. Like you have friends that are not involved with fire, with police, with EMS. So you can have mm-hmm. conversations not related to the fire, fire service, yep. like 911 at all. Yep. You know, what activities do you have outside of firefighting that you can like participate in, right? Doesn't that like I recommend exercise for sure, whatever that might be. 
with some other hobby that's not related to like thinking about like, you know, floor plans, right. And building layouts, mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. what can you do to kind of like balance your life out a little bit so you can go fresh every day. Cause you know, that it's, it's a grind, man. Right. You know, the fire department is probably not going to take care of you. You know, right. we have a really good culture. I think we are on the lookout for that, but in, as a whole, they're probably not going to take care of you. You kind of have to take care of yourself. So how do you do that? No, absolutely. You're absolutely correct on it. You definitely, it's always good to have a hobby outside of the fire department. So you got to get that balance. So I totally get it. But how would you, or how was your ride along when you went and did, uh, you know, rode to South Metro? You know, it was fantastic. Like when I did that, I think I mentioned, like, I was just really vibing on the energy that we had at the kitchen table. Uh, we did a workout. And it was a cooperative workout. Like, everybody was kind of pushing themselves to go a little further and faster. Um, and then we just started kind of running calls. And it's just something about, like, going and serving. Mm-hmm. Like, call was kind of, well, I think we ran a handful of, like, EMS calls. It wasn't anything really big. But just being needed, mm-hmm. I guess, or, like, having this need to serve. Like, I didn't realize I had that in me. That, that okay. desire to go and serve. Um, so that I think that was what was most impactful to me. And hearing seeing these people kind of go and just kind of help somebody that was like really in a bad way. Right. Actually. Right. Right. And that was so, so fulfilling. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um well, just this is an off the wall question. Did you ride an engine or, or a ladder? Um, I rode an engine. Engine. Okay. Uh, yeah. w- w- what do you prefer? Engine or ladder? Um I mean, I think it kind of depends on the fire department. So we, uh, so we have uh, primary primary engines. I'm sorry, our primary apparatus at our at Eagle River are um, engines. Okay. We do have um, a tower, a ladder truck, mm-hmm. um, three in the county that we can use. One from Vale, one from us, and one from um, uh, Greater Eagle Fire Department, which is kind of on the western end of the county. Um, so we don't really operate too often out of that unless it's like a true structure fire. Um, because all of our rescue equipment that we would normally use or would normally be like, say on a truck is on our engine. Okay. Um, but when I was at big city fire department, um, I did ride on, like, I had to ride on a truck as part of my probationary year. And that was like super fun because we were dedicated to like going to structure fires or going to car accidents or going to rescues. And like, that was like, that's cool. That's okay. Awesome. Awesome. But I also Uh, do that now anyway. So like, you know, huh? I also do that right now. So it doesn't really matter what I'm writing on. I'm still going to. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always like to ask, cause you know, you got some guys out there that are engine guys all about engine work and then you got truck guys and rescue. So I always like to ask, uh, what are your ultimate goals, whether it's short term or long term? You know, um, I would say for both, I, I think for long term, it's like, I just want like, I'm a firefighter now. Like I'm technically senior to other people who are on our fire department. And I just want to be like a good senior guy. Okay. I really want to be well-versed in my role so I can educate people. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I could take another tangent, like when I had my big city job um, and I was going through my probationary year, like I had some concerning situations that I was placed in. Okay. Where I was not supported. Gotcha. Um, And it left like a huge impact on me. Like, can I trust these dudes to make Mm -hmm. sure that my safety, like, is there a concern too? Mm Mm-hmm. And so now when I think about being like kind of the senior guy to a new person or I have to like be in charge of a new person going to like a real dangerous scene, like this isn't a game, man. Like this, exactly. you know, it's dangerous. So what can I do to educate that person? What can I do to support them? That's the kind of my long-term goal is to be like that senior guy to know that if somebody's with me, they know like, okay, it's going to be a good day. Right. You know, it's positive, but I'm going to come home and be safe. Right. And one good takeaway is, even though you've had that experience and it probably wasn't a good experience for you, it triggered your, your mind and your mentality now going forward of, I'm not going to be that kind of senior guy. I'm going to be the guy where we get a new person that comes underneath me. I'm going to show them how I learned and to be better than me. So like that, that's what the fire service is all about is, you know, helping the new generation be better than you. So they don't, you know, fall in the same mistakes that, you know, you did. Yeah. You know, I know that's like, it's one of the questions maybe you were going to touch on, but like, what can I change about the American fire service is probably yeah. how we bring in new people. You know, I think right now we have this mentality of like, you know, if a new person comes in fresh out of Academy, like they have to prove themselves to me. Right. Step them and teach right. them. Right. 
you know, and that's like, that's a lot of ways, right? Like, oh, it's like cleaning toilets, it's staying up late, it's like cooking all the meals, it's all this jazz, like, you know, you know, taking the blunt brunt of like jokes and stuff. But I think it really should be in reverse, right? I should prove myself to that person that I know what I'm doing, that I can take charge of you, that I can teach you the way, and then I can keep kind of keep you safe and make you like a better person than you were yesterday. Um, so that that's something I wish I could kind of change about the American Fire Service, right? It's like we're not here to eat our young or our old, right? Exactly. Develop them yeah. um, and take responsibility for them. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, because that, that that is the thing. Oh, the new guy, okay. Um, what's we'll up, make coffee, you know, or I'm sorry. Oh, I was, you know, like what's up, boot? Okay, cool. right, right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, they have names, and and I guess yeah. certain departments that that's their tradition or history. Okay, whatever. But it gets to a certain point where I would rather have the new guy know how to pull a hose line correctly than, oh, why aren't the toilets clean? Yeah. That doesn't matter right now because when that bell goes off, the homeowner doesn't go, hey, I saw you fumble that line pretty bad, but I hear you're miraculous with toilets. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so clean. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to have our priorities on. Yes, they have to earn our trust in a way, but we have to also show them like, hey – you're the new person. I'm going to show you how we do things here. And, and, and it should be the correct way. So I totally get where you're coming from. And there's some people out there who are going to disagree with us and be like, well, no, they need to earn and they need to do this and that make every meal be the blunt of jokes. I mean, to an extent, okay. But what does that have to do with them being a good firefighter on the fire ground? So, yeah, I, uh, I guess I, I, if I can share the story, I was yeah, wondering go ahead. if I would or not, but um, like my first like real fire when I had my that first job at big city fire department, um, was a car fire. Um, and I had gone through like a full 16 week Academy, it was a great Academy. Like they, you know, it was hard, but man, like it was good, good training, but still first real fire, right? Like, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And the senior guy I was paired up with for that first uh, tour during my probationary year was like the senior guy who just wanted to give it as bad as he had got it when he was a probie. And so we're rolling through this fire. Like it was, I don't know, I think it was only 20 minutes prior to handover to in the morning. I was thinking about, I was actually flying. I was going to leave the station to go, go to the airport to go fly and see my wife and my in-laws somewhere else. I was totally thinking about that trip. Call drops. It's a fire. So like, oh, quickly down my stuff. We're in the rig. It was really close. I think it was like two blocks from the station. Put my mask on, in the rig. I'm breathing heavy. It's all getting condensed inside, so I can't really see. <laughs> um, and I'm looking at the senior guy, and he's got like his bunker pants on. Okay. Like, okay, cool. So we get there. I see the fire. It was really just a nothing engine compartment fire. It wasn't really right. anything big. But at the time, it might as well have just been a whole semi and trailer fire engulfed in flames. Um. So I get out, see the senior guy like yelling at me, let's go, let's go, grab your hose, deploy, 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 go, go, go. Oh, God, all right. So I'm like grabbing the hose, deploying, going, still got my mask on, I still can't see. Um, charge it full of water, and then I start going straight for the uh, for the engine compartment. And I put it out, but I totally forgot to put my regulator in. Okay. So while I'm like, you know, dousing this little fire, like I'm breathing in all the stuff that's coming out from it, which is dumb and hopefully it doesn't affect me later, but fire goes out everything's fine okay but then after like i start doffing my mask that is like full of now smoke and con- condensed breath and take my helmet off and then that senior guy who's still wearing just his bunker pants is like kind of reading me the riot act about like man you messed up this you fucked up that you didn't have your regulator in like what's going on and i'm like oh my god and um Luckily, the captain, who is a phenomenal dude, like he sees this exchange going on. He comes over and he's like, what's going on? The senior guy tells the captain, like, oh, man, I'm just talking about how Sean fucked up this, did that, blah, blah, blah. And the captain's like, whoa, 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 what, what about you, man? You don't even have your coat on. You don't have, a right. you don't have your SCBA right. on. Like, what, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Oh, well, Cap, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, whatever. And inside, I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> but... You know, but that really left like a huge impression on me because like, you know, that was a nothing fire. And maybe that's why he saw it as an opportunity to kind of yell at me and like, you know, and make it more intense than it needed to be to see how it would perform under pressure. Um, But to me, like he just really let me down, I think. Right. 
you know, that like, I, I, I should have had my regulator in like, right. That was not the fire for sure. Right. Right. Or even a bunch of junk from all the smoke that I think was off putting and who knows what could have happened. Right. Um, so I really wish in hindsight, like that guy should have been like, okay, cool. Are you right? Let's be calm. Cool. We're going to pr- deploy the hose. We're going to approach at this angle. We're going to make yeah. sure like we have our regulators in and we're safe and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but that didn't happen, you know? Um, so that left a huge impression on me and like how I want to treat people that work possibly under me as like a junior and senior relationship, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, going to these scenes, like how can we make them educational opportunities and not opportunities to see if we can make or break you? Right. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, cause you know, studies have shown if, uh, if you get dispatched to, let's just say you got uh, on your initial box, you get four companies, you get dispatched to a possible working fire and you know, your whatever engine pulls out sees a header advises they have a header from wherever they're at and then they arrive on scene and that company officer is hyped yelling yeah. it's gonna get everybody else jacked up and you know i always go back to and some people hate this analogy but the garbage man when he turns on the street yep. and he sees a bunch of garbage cans lined up he's not like oh my god it's garbage he's just like okay cool calm that's what we need to be professionals we're the career mm-hmm. volunteer Cool, calm, and collective because it's shown when you're hyped, everybody else responding is getting hyped. But if you're calm and they're like, hey, I got this, it is a working fire, we'll be doing this, everything's just smooth. Everything, yeah. So I I totally get it, totally get your sentiments on that. Yeah. So I guess that was like a very long story to come back to. Like, one of my goals is just be that good senior person that is able to kind of offer a place of calmness and really take charge of their education um, and make sure that we're doing everything appropriately. Right. We're not going to like leave somebody out there hanging and see how they do. Like I right. need to do that process. Absolutely. Um, other than that, like uh, the only other goal I have is, um, you know, we, uh, I'm, I'm part of a uh, public information group. Um, it's something that's kind of new for our fire department is uh, trying to, um, have a better uh, social media presence and have a better uh, um, communication means of communication with our with the people in our districts and just kind of more broadly than that, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of important to me because I really, really, really care about our fire department. I, I, I appreciate our culture. Um, you know, people can't look up our culture. People look up our stats. So I wanted to like create a means that people can kind of like look behind the curtain, see kind of the cool things that we do mm-hmm. um, and build some brand recognition and let people know like we're doing some good stuff up here. Okay. No, it's so awesome. slow going. I'm trying, but you know, I want to, I want to be a part of that and see how far we can kind of take that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's always shown that if your department has a big social media presence, I mean, five, firefighters current firefighters or aspiring firefighters want to see a department that that goes to fires shows off the rigs shows off the the brotherhood sisterhood the you know the like those attract people on social media and they're like hey you know i'm gonna put this department on my radar so i totally get it it's awesome what you're doing yeah I mean, we're, we're trying we're trying and also just show um i know we talked about this before we start recording but you know, not all, no two fire departments are really the same, right? right? Depending on location, um, you know, how many engines you have, where you're located, uh, what kind of population you serve, right? Like we all have different, we all have created different uh, skills to fill those needs, right? So, um, you know, we don't run a ton of structure fire. We still practice structural firefighting um, as perfect, like, because we're professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say majority of our calls are rescue. Right. And if that's something that interests you, maybe you should really think about our fire department. Um, but if you want to run like like all the structure fires you can, maybe you should try to look at a Detroit. I am, right? Or go, right? To, go to Jobtown, go somewhere. Yeah. No, you know, so like uh, and then just kind of like kind of create this exposure that um, or this awareness for people who are interested in this career um, that you can kind of make it what you want. You just got to just try to find the one that's going to work for you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this kind of leads into question six, but because I mean, so you said that your first apartment, you went through 16 weeks uh, yes. Academy with, uh, Eagle river. Did you, was it a lateral move or did you have to go through another, uh, Academy? Um, it was, uh, I was hired on as an entry level. Um, we did maybe three weeks of onboarding. Okay. Uh, because I came in with, um, a number of certs, um, 
And I'd actually done a community college uh, fire academy prior to doing that 16 week academy with the city department. Okay. Um, so I had a fair bit of experience at least with those basic skills. So yeah, we just did a, a three week, you know, basic onboarding um, to kind of just learn how, you know, Eagle River will respond, like their expectations, mm-hmm. um, plus all the other skills that we had to learn uh, with regard to kind of like rope and water and all kinds of stuff. But then after that, I got on an engine and I started my uh, first year task book and that's, that's how I um, started my first year with them. Okay. All right. So what would you say to a firefighter who feels like they're surrounded or being held back by a non-motivated uh, or complacent organization or culture? Um, I would say first uh, is that the glacial pace is probably the breakneck pace when you're talking about trying to change culture and behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things like that are not going to change in one set or two sets or three sets. Uh, it might take a year, right? right? If you're like with that company, you're trying to inspire them to, to go out and train. Um, I think probably, you know, I think you could say like, oh, you should lead from the front or be the back step and like, just be out there like pulling holes all day and see if that inspires them. Like you could do that for sure. But I think, um, you might gain a little bit more leverage by developing a relationship with the people that you're with. So that way they have an investment in you too. And then when you start breaking, you know, trying to bring up the ideas, like what if we did more training in this way, or what if, you know, how do you, how do we bring about different behaviors during the set? I think they'd probably be more welcoming to those ideas. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Is if you, if you're like a firefighter who goes into a new crew that, you know, is, I don't know, they're not, maybe not training as, as aggressively as you want to. And you start kicking down doors and like, this is how it's going to be boys. You're not going to, you're probably going to get a fair bit of pushback, right? That's not the way. Right. So how do you develop relationships with these people, learn about them, have them learn about you and then try to change um, culture and behavior in a more organic way. And small, I think small changes over time lead to very big improvements. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, now this is a different topic, but I mean, we're going to talk about it anyways. You are Mr. January 2023 for the Colorado firefighter calendar. Yeah. Can you talk, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, this is exactly what it sounds like. It is that firefighter calendar uh where you know everyone's shirtless and posing and stuff but right um our fire department we actually have like a handful of people um that have uh participated over the years um which kind of inspired me uh to do it to kind of be part of this small niche club of people in our fire department um also like side story i uh someone i worked with had told me that uh only real men are over 200 pounds so okay yeah like you know questioning so i was like well okay so i started like really training squatting eating heavy like get bulky and i got over 200 pounds for sure but i look like shit uh-huh. i was strong, but i did not look good um so in thinking about like you know being inspired by the people who did that calendar um and trying to lose weight like i went ahead and applied for it and i started training like crazy um to lose some weight uh-huh um which was good like it's really good for me to have like a hard deadline to kind of meet my goals um so i applied um i tried out um i did a dance on stage i was fortunate enough to be accepted um and got through it um and it's it's a cool experience because um you know it is it is this kind of calendar that's kind of fun it's it's funny um it's it's obviously made for a target audience but um the goodwill that it does is huge um all the properties right. raised through events through calendar sales all goes to the children's hospital in colorado uh, specifically for the burn unit um, it also, um, on top of like donating money to that unit, but it also, um, pays for children to go to a burn camp. Um, so basically that is a summer camp, um, that's up in Estes park in Colorado for children who have been through the burn unit to go be with, uh, other kids who have had similar injuries. Awesome. Um, and they get to be with, uh, with us, with people in the current calendar from who are also alumni, uh, to hang out with them and just kind of make them feel like normal kids. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a silly thing, right? A bunch of shirtless firefighters, but also like it has a huge, huge effect, uh, for some, uh, children who have had some kind of terrible things happen to them. No, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good cause. I mean, I, I mean, it's awesome that that still, that, that, you know, that still goes on because you see it in the movies and of course, Hollywood, if you associate firefighters in Hollywood, they're going to be like the, the, the buff macho guys and, and, and things like that. So, um, obviously though, with that being said, 
and your background, physical fitness is a priority in the fire service, correct? Or oh, it, be? it has to be, it has to be, um, you know, we are, when it's like, when it is go time, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you said, like, no, I mean, people aren't going to wait around for you to catch your breath. Like you can right. act very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, uh, just for our job, physical fitness is very, very, um, useful also just to keep us safe and healthy. Like if you don't know how to pick up, like people are heavy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially dead weight. Dead oh, weight too. They are heavy. Right. So like, yeah. if you don't know how to like properly like deadlift, right. Or work around like awkward weight, like no way you're going to pick up a person safely and like keep your back intact. Um, but also man, like, um, physical fitness is also just a great way to kind of deal with the fatigue you get mentally and emotionally from this job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great way to burn off stress. It's a great way to kind of like be with your thoughts. Like I do a lot of bike riding. Okay. So I, I weight lift on my own. I weight lift at work. I weight lift in my garage, but I also ride my mountain bike pretty frequently. Um, and that's just a great way to kind of like just be with your thoughts. Right. It's kind of do this one monotonous task, like climbing up a hill and like kind of just process things that you've been thinking about maybe. Right. Or just right. like, or not think about anything at all. Okay. And it's, it's like very recruitative, like Zen moment. Um, and so I think this, like it's, it's been huge for me. Like, I think it's a great way to compartmentalize. Um, you know, we see, you know, the truth, I don't know if you have any listeners that are not firefighters, but you know, we see some pretty traumatic stuff. Right. And I feel like there's a whole, there's medley of things that you should probably participate in to kind of deal with that trauma you see. But I feel mm-hmm. like it's definitely like in there to help you kind of process that. No, absolutely. Definitely. It's one of my, my go-tos. If I'm having a, a stressful day because like, you know, issues at work regarding other personnel or a policy that comes out that you don't agree with, or it's just whatever the case may be, man, I get, and you know, it's a job where we get paid to work out. Yeah. So, yeah. Why not take the time? And, and, and I always say this, you know, I'm not telling anybody out there to go out and look like Mr. Olympia, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but get out there and do something, Yeah, you know, something, just anything. But for those that, and for those that don't know what to do, you know, it's always good to find somebody on your department or somebody, you know, that goes, Hey, you know, I'm looking to work out. Can, can you come up with a plan for me or whatnot? But the ones that make fun of the, you know, other firefighters that work out and sit on the couch. I just have no, I have no, I don't care for you. I mean, I Mm -hmm. don't because you're not helping yourself. You're actually putting your crew in a disadvantage because if if something happens and you're out of shape and you can't do this, now they have to worry about you and the problem that, you know, that they have to solve too. So. Oh, it's just a hundred percent. You know, and that's something like I sometimes kind of struggle with is um, like, how do you, it's not my responsibility to, to make you work out. Right. 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 You can't like, it's just, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make it drink. So like, how do you find that like intrinsic motivation to go do that? You know, I'm thankful for myself that it's something that gives me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of working out and feeling like getting a sweat on. Um, but it's like hard to motivate other people to kind of do the same. Um, yep. And it's almost like they need to have their own, like come to Jesus talk. Like I got to make some changes here. Um, Cause it is like, it's a safety thing, man. Like if you're not like, like some people think like, Oh man, I need a bench press. Like if I want to be a firefighter, right, I need a strong right. upper body. Like, well, actually dude, you need mobility. You need to stretch your hips. You need to be comfortable being like in a deep squat position and on your knees and like move crawling in a very low compacted position. Because some people can't do that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's not just like having like a ton of muscle and power. Like a lot of it is also just flexibility and like being comfortable, like in these tight, weird positions. Right. Absolutely. So no, I, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome message. Um, I like the fact that, you know, that's definitely a key factor for you. Um, you know, not saying that that's the only factor, but it is an important factor is nutrition, uh, being fit for the job and, um, your, your whole outlook on being as you, as your years, you know, expand into this career, being the senior man and definitely not, not, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Not to stop the trend of how you were taught, you know, being mm-hmm. being in the service. You know, like the the one example of the guy yelling at you by not passing that on, because those are like training scars that we all have. And the best thing we could do to stop that is to just stop doing it and do it differently. Ask questions, or if the new person doesn't understand, hey, do you not understand this? Okay, let me figure out another way 
to teach you where you can understand. So, um, yeah, everything that you've talked about, it's been great, man, today. Yeah, well, that's that's too high a praise. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I just hope I can be uh, an example of that. Like, I feel like right now I have a, um, I, I live a very healthy lifestyle. Like when I think back to the other jobs I've had, um, I I sleep well. I exercise well. I have good relationships with my friends, my wife. In fact, like funny story, um, I used to have crazy, crazy stress streams. Uh, when I was a lift operator, like when I was dating my wife at the time, when she was staying over, like I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would like stumble out of bed and I'd pick up my gym bag and I would think it was a kid who fell on the ramp at the lift, you know, at the ski lift. Okay. I had to get run over. I'd be like, whoa, like holding this in front of me. My wife would have to like, Sean, Sean, wake up. You're right. Like, oh God. Well, like I remember I woke up once also, or she told me, uh, and I started like teaching a lesson on our headboard, like a math <laughs> And she had to stop me like, Sean, shut up, go to bed. I'm like, oh my God. But you know, what's weird is like, since I became a firefighter and even though I've seen some wild stuff, some right. really crazy stuff, I have not had one stress dream. Right. Right. And I think I attribute that to one, being very, very satisfied in the thing that I'm doing. Uh-huh but also just trying to have a healthy lifestyle and trying to balance out the stuff that I do at work with the activities that I have outside of work. Like I'm exercising, I'm engaging with friends, I'm sleeping. Uh-huh. Well, I'm trying to make that a priority for myself. Um, so I hope I can keep that trend going because right now it's been pretty good. No, man, I'm like, like I said, for, for me looking in, looking at you five years in, man, that's awesome what you're doing. Continue what you're doing. So, I mean, cause that's, that's the only way the fire service gets better. We need more people like you with that kind of mindset. Uh, to make this job the best job in the world that, you know, that I believe, and I'm sure you believe is what, you know, to be. So um, appreciate you taking out time out of your schedule to do this. Um, it's been great talking shop with you, man. I've, I've, I've truly enjoyed this today. No, oh, thank you, Danny. I really appreciate it. And um, also since you mentioned uh, the calendar, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about it earlier, but if anybody is interested um, in supporting our cause, you can always look up the Colorado firefighter calendar online. You can look up my page, um, it'll link you to uh, the CSC's Instagram page. Um, you can buy calendars from me. You can buy them online. Um, but every calendar you buy just really helps somebody who's in need. Yep. Yep. And that was his shameless plug. Awesome. I forgot to ask. <laughs> I, I always ask people if they have plugs because I, I, I want to spread positivity out. So you heard the man. Anybody that, you know, females love firefighters. So, hey, yeah, you get some calendars. It's for a great cause. So appreciate it, Sean. It's been great. No, thank you, Danny. Really appreciate your time as well. All right, pal. Stay safe. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.